All right, that was Philip St. John here on WFNULP 94.1 FM, St. Paul. We are Frogtown Community Radio. I am Mike Rez, your host. You're listening to the 945 Show. Bridge Sky is here, and as promised, we have our special guest in studio. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome forward party gubernatorial candidate Corey Heppala. Good morning. Morning, morning, everybody. How are you doing today, sir? Uh, Doing doing great. Uh, I can't wait to look out the window and give that weather report. I'll just give you a preview (laughs) and a little tease. It it is uh, deceiving out there. Mm-hmm. It is uh, a little brisk for mid-March. Yeah, it's uh, a nice sunny day, but I think if you go outside, everybody knows what it really feels like that's, out there. That's like, okay, we started this off in a really, truly Minnesota fashion, talking about the weather. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody, oh, you know, it kind of looks, anyway. Yeah, right, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that, though. That's, okay. I, don't, we're gonna, I don't know if you know this or not. But that's an award-winning segment mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. like to tease, mm-hmm. I don't know, what, 78 times a show? <laughs> so I don't know if people actually enjoy it, but <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll get to the it. The critics love it. Yeah, right? award-winning. <laughs> See? Thank you. the excitement. Yeah, so let's talk about Corey Heppola. Uh-huh. Uh, explain or describe yourself, introduce yourself to our listeners for those yeah. that do not know you. I don't know if there's many people out there that don't because of your presence in the media, but go ahead and uh, introduce yourself. Well, first of all, thankful that you guys wanted to have me here this morning, so thank you for having me. Uh, I grew up in, I'm born and raised in Minnesota. You know, I grew up in rural Minnesota, in Perm, so in uh, Ottertail County, uh, you know, uh, elementary, middle school, high school in Perm, graduated from Yale of the Midwest in Concordia in, <laughs> in Moorhead. And then, uh, you know, was in was in media for for 15, 17 years, which, uh, you know, at CARE 11 and then at WCCO Radio, which has prepared me uh, for this next step of service. Yeah. Now, how many years in uh, media? Where have you been? And we just talked a little bit about that. But tell us your journey through media, (laughs) through Helena, Montana. Nobody (laughs) loves to talk about old media stories than media people. I uh, so I was in Fargo and, and honestly, my whole goal was to was to work in Fargo and make a difference and and that's you know that that's perms in that viewing area so I grew up watching Fargo media and I grew Mm -hmm. up watching um we would get some of the city stations and so like that's all I ever wanted to do when I was a kid I, I used to write down on um on a sheet of paper exactly what I wanted to do when I when I grew up and I sure as and I'd set goals and I'd put them on my wall and I would I would you know, hang those up and look at them. And it was, I want to be, you know, a TV journalist in Minneapolis. And so I was just very laser focused and driven um, and, and started off in Fargo, which was a dream come true. And then this was kind of, this is the early 2000s. This was at the beginning of kind of the consolidation movement. Right. So uh, the station I was working for was sold to the competitor and they downsized. And so I was laid off and Mm. I was, I was, I was, devastated because I was Mm -hmm. 21 and thinking, I don't know if I'm ever going to get another job. Um, But 150 (laughs) rejections later, I finally ended (laughs) up in in Helena, Montana, um, which was just uh, gorgeous. And the people were amazing. And what I learned then, uh, because I just thought in my mind, I go, well, stay in Fargo until I'm prepared for for Minneapolis and the Twin Cities. And but that was the best thing that happened to me because it kicked me outside of my comfort zone, mm-hmm. and I was able to experience new people and new cultures, and and um, and then the you know from there it just kind of continued. We were in upstate New York in a couple different cities, wow. Texas and Austin and Houston before finally uh, being blessed to be able to come home to uh, Care Eleven. Yeah, it's so like TV 
personalities kind of have it the same as radio personality. You got to go up and down the dial in order to get to where your ultimate goal, like you had your goal in mind to come back to the cities. Always. And, you know, there's radio DJs all over the country that have a specific market in mind where they want to end up. But you just, you got to put in the work. People (laughs) always, and I don't know if you, you both experience this, but I would always tell people that I don't really get to choose where I go, the the communities and cities and states, wherever I ended up, kind of chose me, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Because I, I mean, I applied all over the place. I think I tallied it up once. I had like 350, well, I've had 350 different rejections. Wow. But all that taught me was, um, and I think those are the fundamentals of, of why I'm running here today, is, is that if we stay constantly curious mm-hmm. and we, we try to better ourselves and, and then we can give to others and, and better our communities too. And so I just think that that's based on, I, I learned that through all the rejection and all the failures of, of going, okay, well, I, if I stay persistent and I'm constantly looking for ways to grow myself, then I'm preparing for whatever is, whatever is next. Right. Now you are running for governor. Yeah. Uh, you made that announcement, uh, was that 13, 12 days ago now? 12, 13 days ago? It's, it's been wild. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so why, why are you running for governor? Well, um, I think that I reflect, I reflect how people are feeling. Mm-hmm. I know that people are disillusioned with the political process. I know that people are uh, tired and fatigued. Uh, being blessed to be able to be at WCCO Radio, I, uh, you know, I heard from people all over the state, and that's the common theme. It doesn't feel like our elected officials are serving people, and it's because it's true. They're they're serving their political party, mm-hmm. and they have no interest in reaching across the table and compromising and collaborating because they can't. If they do, their political party will, will kick them out. So I felt that we need to represent people. Mm-hmm. We need to represent people again and serve people. So that is what we are doing, and you cannot, you cannot, you cannot change a system by running it back and saying, you know what, I'll do it different. No, that's not where change comes from. Change comes from a whole new different process, and that's what we are doing. Yeah, now you're running with the forward party. Yeah. Um, that's, people would call it, it's the third party. Um, so you're technically a third party, or you are a third party candidate. So what do you say to people who just think that third parties are just disruptors, that they're just there to <laughs> not really do much, and you you hear it from... Like it always comes from like the incumbent side of things. It doesn't matter which race or which party they're in. It's like, oh, they're going to come and just steal votes from us, and the other person's going to win. So don't vote for that person. What do you say to people who come out and say that we are going to steal votes? We're going <laughs> to steal a lot of votes from the Democrats. We're going to steal a lot of votes from the Republicans, and we are going to win um, because this is a new way forward. Like people, nearly fifty percent of people identify as an independent. Mm-hmm. That tells you that. They don't have choice. They mm-hmm. don't have an option. So they're, they, they have to, you know, their responsibility, I'm going to go vote. But I'm voting for, most people end up be feeling this, um, you know, the, these feelings of, of exhaustion because they go to the polls and they're ending up uh, voting for somebody that they dislike less. And, <laughs> and I think it needs to shift. I, need, I think it, this is a democracy. Mm-hmm. And we should be we should be taking pride in our elected officials, and we will give choice. We will bring unity. We have we have already built an, an incredible team of of people who uh, are you know leaning left, leaning right. People who are community leaders that are very excited about what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you you say on your website that running for governor is a calling for you, yeah. um, and not not a career choice. 
Um, what does that mean exactly? I mean, how was that? How was running for governor a calling? I mean, were you just like sitting eating breakfast one day yeah. and there was like run for governor? Like, <laughs> yeah, I will. <laughs> no, it's uh, yeah, right. No, I um, so we. You know, I'm a spiritual person and and grew up in the church. And that was the way that um, we served. I never thought I would I would get into politics. Never. Mm -hmm. Um, But I always was somebody who was a servant leader and looking to serve others through church or my profession or, you know, teaming up with different nonprofits or whatever. And I just felt over the last three years or so, Mm -hmm. I talked with my wife about it and we just said, you know, um, I think we need to reframe our minds on what an elected official sounds like and looks like. And I, I thought it was crazy. I said, I, I just, I don't know. I have this seed in my heart that that I should step up and serve. And and because that's, to me, what a, a public official's number one priority. It's the greatest responsibility there mm-hmm. is to serve people. And I said, but it's crazy. And my wife was so supportive. She's like, no, think about it. You are somebody who uh, everybody likes. You rally people. You you are a collaborator. You compromise. And most importantly, you listen and empower first. And she said, that is true leadership. So we've been just so trained to think of our elected officials who you bring in a Democrat or a Republican in here. And instead of uh, instead of uh, saying, well, what's what's happening in your community? It's here's what we stand for. Here's what you're going to you know, here's where, how you're going to think about these particular issues instead sure. of saying, OK, what is it that you're feeling? What's happening in your community? How can I help that? That's the flip that we are bringing. Right now. Why, why governor? Why not another political office uh, before to get your political feet wet? Um, like, you know, like a city council or mayor or state senator representative. Why not? Why not one of those offices first? So here's a question I want to pose. Why is the governor playing for a team? Like a Republican or a Democrat? Like, why would the governor be a part of the team? Like one particular team? Mm-hmm. The governor, to me, should be the champion for everybody. Rural mm-hmm. Minnesota, urban Minnesota, both parties. The governor should be that champion for all of Minnesota, not just, hey, look, I'm, I'm a Democrat, I'm a Republican. That's a part of this toxicity that we feel today is that people then all of a sudden are feeling left out of the conversation because we know that there's no collaboration or compromise happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, how do you, now you grew up in rural Minnesota? You've now you live in the cities. You've been here for mm-hmm. a while. How do you bring rural and Minnesota or and city value or problems together? And how do you meld that? And as a governor, how do you plan on being the governor for the state and not just for the Twin Cities? I will. I'll start here. The differences that we hear about in this whole divide is ex, it, it's it's blown out of proportion by the two major parties. I'm having these conversations every single day. Mm-hmm. Like I grew up in rural um, and, and we live here now. We have a multicultural family. We have conversations with people all over the state all the time. I can tell you it is, is blown out of proportion to service those political parties. So um, it's, it's easy. You, you, if, you, if you go in as, as somebody who is humble and saying, look, I don't have all the answers, but you tell me what you're feeling and how, how, what it is in your community that's, that's uh, a barrier for success or an issue that you're facing, and we'll go work on it. Mm-hmm. That opens a line of conversation. Also, um, there are, we are, I mean, the extremes from the two parties are the loudest. 
Sure. So we hear the 10% from here and the 10% for, from here. The 80% in the middle are going, what is happening? <laughs> I'm so tired of this. Uh-huh. So I feel like I'm doing so much talking. What about you? What's happening in Frogtown? Like, oh, in Frogtown? There's, yes. there's lots of good stuff in Frogtown. Like, I think we have a school being built right over there. You can see the cranes. I don't mm-hmm. know if you can see them right over the Sears building. Uh, there's a school over there being built. Uh, you can, I mean, we've got uh, a lot of cool community things happening in Frogtown. I, I so know. So new, but- new community center was built two years ago. Let me so. let me ask you what are the what are the the issues if you guys live here what what are the issues that you hear about the most uh the one that you hear about the most uh in Frogtown and in St. Paul in general is crime mm-hmm. uh, there's mm-hmm. i mean crime has gone has risen a lot in the last couple of years not just here in St. Paul but also in Minneapolis and nationwide i mean it's just rising and i think there's that um the homeless population has grown uh, people are losing their houses, um, and you can see that here around the cities as well. Um, so we have a homeless issue, um, and you know people just trying to make ends meet. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, food shelves need help. I mean, there's more people going after that. Um, I, families were getting the tax credit from the, the government for well, you know during COVID. It's still going on. Um, you know, it's just people are struggling a little bit. So we need you know we need a governor who's going to be mindful of all that so well we bring hope we bring hope through community we are talking with all these different community leaders and i know that people are asking for for from us like well what is a particular policy that you're we have policies we will be unveiling them um in the coming weeks um but we felt it was more important for us to have these conversations with different communities take some of the ideas that we had mm-hmm. along with community members and leaders that reflect those um, those issues and and come together for a plan that actually serves people. And that's where I think we are monumentally different. And that's where people have gotten so tired of the divisiveness and toxicity. We will bring hope. People will look at us as a whole new way of governing because we are building a culture of we. Everybody's invited. Everybody's coming along. Now, when uh, you say you're you're listening to people, do you have like a committee or a board of people that in your campaign mm-hmm. um, that you're constantly getting ideas from, or you're giving them ideas? And and how many people are you know are having this conversation? And who are, who are these people Man, we that have, having these conversations? Yeah, we have a really good team. We have uh, advisors who have you know been through it as as politicians and elected officials. Um, we have uh, people who have been involved in third-party politics. We have community leaders, people who are, who are on boards uh, with different nonprofits. Uh, so our team is growing. Every single day, we are getting more and more people going to our website, heppelaminnesota.com, and signing up to help because they believe in what we're doing and that this is the new way forward. Yeah, let's get your uh, social medias out there because I know you're on everything. You're even on TikTok. I found you on TikTok. Yeah, what? on TikTok. That's kind of growing though. Like we're we're just kind of getting started in that space. I right. um, that's something I'm I'm. I mean, it's uh, are we going to see Corey Heppola are... doing trends? TikTok trends. <laughs> <laughs> we post today. And... I can't give away too many secrets. Okay, okay, I don't know. But go ahead and give us your uh, your social medias. Where can we find you on the internet? Yeah, just at Corey Heppola. C O R Y H E P O L A. Pretty much everywhere. You know, YouTube, Twitter, uh, Instagram, TikTok, TikTok. Uh, Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will give you a little little advice about TikTok. In order to break the algorithm, you got to post like three times a day. 
That's what I heard. Yeah, yeah. it's it's Too exhausting. Are you so you're not on there? No, I refuse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my Bridget's daughter. Smart. Yeah, my Do daughter you, does that. That's enough for me to see. <laughs> Do you watch though? Do you watch the videos? Because my wife doesn't post anything, but she's constantly watching. There's a wide variety. <laughs> I like the puppy ones and some of the dance ones, but other than that, it gets I lose attention very quickly. Mm, yeah, but it, I'm old. That is definitely an app for like somebody younger with more attention. You know, an attention span that's like seven seconds. It's perfect. What's so that. interesting to me is that um, you know Netflix and and all the streamers. That's what they're concerned about mm. is because it, it's all about time, right? They want mm. you to be invested in their app with with time. And more and more younger people are spending time just on those quick TikToks. And yeah. so it's, yeah, it's seven second next video. Seven yeah. seconds next video. My daughter's Perfect 11. Yeah. Just wanted to <laughs> she loves it. That out there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The time is now 10 17. You're listening to WFNULP, Frogtown Community Radio. And this is the 945 show. Bridge Sky is here. Mike Rez is here. And forward party gubernatorial candidate Corey Heppela is here in studio. Uh, have you said gubernatorial enough in the last couple <laughs> of weeks? Because I've just said it the last couple of days, and I'm getting tripped a up on tongue it. tongue twister. Yeah, I don't say it a lot. Um, you know, what's interesting, too, is I've had uh, – so I was walking around in our neighborhood, and um, one of my neighbors, who I don't, I don't know that well, but it's always one of those, hey, how's it going, or whatever. Like last Saturday, she stops me and says, wow, I heard the news. Congratulations. She's like, I, we will support, we love your ideals, and, and we know your character, and, and it was really sweet of her. And she said, we'll, you could put a yard sign up in our lawn. <laughs> and then she said, is the election this year? <laughs> I get that a lot. Sure. I get that a lot. Right. And, and I think that you know, there's some talk about this, and if you go in particular political circles, they're really talking about it. But mm-hmm. I think the vast majority of people are, are I mean, we're eight months out. Yeah. It's a mm-hmm. long mm-hmm. time. And my wife reminds me of that, too. She's like, <laughs> you got a long way to go until you win in November. Right. Now, why Why now? I mean, why do you see there's like been an upswing in the last, I think, since 2018 of people running for offices that were not planning to ever get into politics. And now, boom, here we go. We got at the national level, at the local level, we have people just coming out left and right. And then they're winning. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that people are getting more into politics right now? Well, I think that I can't speak for anybody else, but I I can say from my perspective, um, I think people at home are tired of politicians. They're tired of people not listening to them. I think they're tired of that traditional politician. And so then when somebody from the outside steps up with right-minded ideals, they say, that's neat. Because, Because... what is it ultimately that we're talking about? We're talking about leadership. Mm-hmm. And what we are building is a new way of leadership. This is not about me. It's about we. We are, we are including everybody in. We are empowering people. We are going together in that same direction. This is like any forward-thinking organization. Like if you look at whether it's you know a sports team or a successful company out here, this is the leadership that they have. This type of... of, of this type of uh, they're building this type of structure that's what i'm trying to do in politics to help break down this toxicity is to, is to make sure that people know that this is a new way forward and we're all going there together it's very inspiring i gotta say and i like for me change i welcome change like that's the only way to grow and so i'm hopeful just sitting right next to you i'm hopeful good 
<laughs> now, yesterday, so the Forward Party came out yesterday in a tweet that yeah. officially endorsed uh, your your campaign um, for a governor for the state. Um, in that tweet, they included a graphic that listed a few items that I'm assume that you're for. Like they probably didn't just put out a graphic that said, "Oh, no, okay, good luck on those." <laughs> uh, but those uh, four items uh, were for ranked choice voting, mm-hmm. uh, human-centered economy, universal basic income, or UBI. People mm-hmm. have heard it both ways, and cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. Um, can you explain what is a human-centered economy in your words? Well, first of all, we need to start thinking about people again. Uh, if you look at Minnesota, we are a top six tax burden state. Um, we are hit in every single angle. We have a $9.3 billion surplus. So right there is the starting point. Mm-hmm. People are hit too hard in this state. And it's it's a very complicated... I've been like, uh, you know... I'm, but like reading and talking to as many people as I can on this. And this isn't hyperbole that we have the most complex, overly complex system here in this state. It needs to be simplified uh-huh. and we are hit way too hard. And, and here's, here's, here's the scary part is that we're a top 10 outbound state and it's not just the weather. People will tell you that. There's no growth with those young adults. They're leaving and they're not coming back. And that is at the center of it. It's because of, and then we're pushing businesses out of state because we're not business friendly anymore. We like to say we are, but we're not. Mm-hmm. So that to me is is looking at it. It's a fundamental way of looking at it, but right. starting with people. And so I guess that that's where I would start with human-centered economy. I, let, let me just add on that, Mike. So... The forward party, mm-hmm. the thing that I love about the forward party, and when I met with Andrew Yang numerous times on this, I told him, I said, um, now, it's important to me that, you know, I guess we all think of a, um, we all think of a political party as, like, if somebody runs as a Republican or a Democrat, they assume all of it, right? It's like they assume every single platform, ideal, you have to do this, you have to do that. The best thing about the forward party is, no, we want, we want grace. We want tolerance. We want people to be thinking about those old problems in new ways. Sure. Mm-hmm. But they don't say, hey, Corey, you have to institute universal basic income all over the state. That's, right. I want to be clear on that. That's not what we're doing. What we are doing, though, is saying, hey, think about this. This has never been done. There are pockets, like here in St. Paul and in other you know communities, where it may make sense. But the number one thing that we stand for is bold, new, innovative ideas and getting people to just say, that's a problem that's been lingering in a lot of different ways. We've been applying a Band-Aid, and what we need is we need a surgery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what it is. It's just engaging in conversations. Maybe it's not the right, maybe it's not the right way, but at least we're trying to think in a, in a new way. Yeah, that was one of my other questions was whether or not you would do a pilot program for the entire state for UBI because there are pilot programs going on right now in the cities all over the country. Yep. Minneapolis is just starting one, I believe, and St. Paul's is ending, I think, either ended last month or is ending this month. Um, so that answers that question that you would, for UBI anyway, you or maybe even other uh, there- plans, you would just... If there it doesn't may, make sense for the state, yes. you would, but makes sense for it's not this we, county or this city. Hundred percent. Yeah, we're okay. we're not going to institute a statewide UBI to start. That's not what right. we're doing. But okay. we are going to engage in conversations, and it may make sense for particular communities because it is a it's a unique idea, and there's some there's a lot of data behind it that says it can work. Right. 
What about, so I'm a crypto guy. I invest in crypto. Um, and when I saw cryptocurrency um, on that graphic yesterday, I was, it made me intrigued. So mm-hmm. how do you see cryptocurrency helping the state of Minnesota? How would you integrate that into the state? I, I don't want to get too far along on that yet because right. um, I, I think it would be irresponsible for me to, to give out some of the ideas that we're talking about when it's not fully fleshed out yet. Okay. Um, again, it's a, it's an idea. Um, but there are some things that we, we, I mean, it's kind of the wild west, right? Mm -hmm. And so there are some things that I think a government can do to, to help regulate it, help make it more efficient. I I think that's probably the best way for me to, to describe it in this early going. Right. Uh, are you a supporter of sports gambling? That's the big topic. Uh, would you sign if, uh, if a bill came across your desk, would governor Heppola sign or veto? A sports gambling bill. If it had public support, yes. And also personally, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about recreational marijuana? That's another big, big Hot topic. topic. Yes, um, absolutely. We need to explore recreational cannabis. Yes. All right. Now, one of the Republican candidates has named a lieutenant governor. Are you ready on this radio station right now Whoop. to You're name a lieutenant seat. governor? Yeah, so uh, I think he named Matt Burke. I was hoping, and I have not talked to her yet, but if Suni Lee is available, mm. I think she would be a great <laughs> lieutenant governor. So Suni, pride I'm of the east huge, side, right there. I'm a huge fan. Right? If you <laughs> if you have any interest, you can join me. No, we're we're consistently having conversations, and when the time is right, we look for qualities in people. Mm-hmm. We look for those qualities of being curious, uh, selfless, caring about your community first. We look for those qualities and traits in a person, and, and I know we'll find the right person. All right. Open-minded. Yep. Yes. Okay. You're a big fan of 90s music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lately, this is since the, you've- since This you've, is a music show yep, most I know, times. I've been- <laughs> Most times, yeah. I've been thinking about this, Mike. So since you've announced, and I mean, I know now your time is busy. You're busy you know, going to different parts of the state. What have been your go-tos lately? Like, what have you just, like, you're winding down, you just got done, like, after today, like, after this radio interview, and you're like, wow, I, I just need to wind down from that hard-hitting interview. <laughs> what are you putting on to wind down? Well, hmm. I'll go back to my all-time 90s album. Okay. My favorite album from the 90s is Jagged Little Pill. Oh, okay. Okay. She's I, on tour, about to be on tour too. She's coming, right? Yeah, yes, right. To the X, yes. Yep. But I, I remember. Now I have a lot of like I love the '90s. It's right in my wheelhouse. That's why I'm here today. By the way, I just <laughs> I was hoping we'd talk more '90s music. No, uh, I, I, uh, you know, everything from Nirvana, Sublime, you know, Pearl Jam, all the way to even more poppy stuff at the end of the decade. I am a '90s, '90s guy. But um, Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill. That I remember where I was when I first heard "You Ought to Know." Mm-hmm. I remember like everything. I can still jam out to all that whole entire album. There's just her voice, her authenticity. It just and maybe I was just at the right age. Sure, uh, it's, it's phenomenal. But that would be the number one. That, I don't know. That's not really necessarily a wind down. Right? I was yeah. Breath up. <laughs> I know. That, this is see. You know, my wife would say too. She's like, I'm this speed all the time. Like I'm just I'm tons of energy, right. very energetic all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have like favorites in different genres? So like if I were oh, to yeah. ask you for like rock, yeah, it'd be like Nirvana R&B. or something. R and B. Nineties was R and B. I'm for a me. big hip hop guy. Hip-hop. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, well, I had all those albums too, like you know, uh, <laughs> Snoop and yeah, oh yeah. Uh, even even Diddy Janet or Jackson. well he was he was Puff Daddy then <laughs> yeah, yeah. he know. came late in the Mace 90s, I liked yeah. Mace a lot too Did you? actually yeah that's I liked surprising Mace a lot. I because I wasn't a huge Mace guy I didn't I didn't get I mean I know well, he you know hey he Jay-Z, did he, let of course me, let me ride the coattails but yeah <laughs> and he went away and I guess he's coming back I don't know what's going and on and then he went Mace. he was a preacher for a little bit retired to become a preacher yep. for a year or two yeah I don't know how you go from Rapping and singing and like that, and the, then going open-minded. Yeah, open-minded. Everyone's forgiven. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, it's getting to be ten thirty. Yeah. Um, and I know you you've got uh, other things going on, but it's the big the most time of the of oh, the yeah. interview. I'm ready. Corey. I'm ready. So now you just got hold on one one quick second here. Whoops. You know what? When the laptop mouse moves. It is now time for the WFNULP Out the Window Weather Report. Oh, yeah. We take it very seriously yes. here, Corey. So <laughs> this is this is how it works. All you got to do is you, you look out the window uh-huh. and you tell our listeners what you see weather-wise, what you see traffic-wise, Sears parking lot, just anything you see out there. So I'm going to turn the floor over to you. Oh, man. This is really great. Quite the honor, too. Um, there no clouds in the sky. Sunny day deceiving because it is about five degrees out there i see a couple of cars uh driving down here uh right now at uh and it is ten thirty on this saturday morning hey thank you very much for doing that have that i done awesome. this before? very honest yeah. i like it <laughs> all right for uh the rest of the day we can expect uh partly sunny to cloudy skies it's not going to be very great as far as sun goes uh daylight savings today though you gotta set those clocks ahead Ooh, spring ahead good so reminder. Don't forget mm-hmm. to do that. You're going to lose an hour of sleep. But yeah. tomorrow, our low will be 25 degrees, a high of 42. We're turning the corner. Monday will be the coldest day of the week, a high of 38 degrees. Woo-hoo! The rest of the week, looks like 48 will be the coldest we'll get. Oh, I'm, sorry. I'm and then so we're going to be winter's in the 50s, last stand. Right? I know, Thank this you. Is great. I, well, I just jinxed Heat it. Rain. And and <laughs> I should say, too, because I jinxed the wolves. I see your hat, Mike, and I'm so disappointed <laughs> in myself. <laughs> Thank you. Well, at least I know who to blame. I know. I am to blame. I'm so sorry. I can eat this one. So the other night when the Wolves won again, I was like, Chris Finch, you know, NBA <laughs> coach of the year. He's phenomenal. I love Chris. Um, and then last night they lose to the Magic. Right? <laughs> Worst team in the NBA. I Let's just, 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 yeah, just lose. I now, I know I, we'll make this quick, but I know on Twitter, So because I, fo- I follow you on Twitter on your, your, other, your personal account before you ran for governor. And you and I have the same disdain for when the Vikings do not do well. No. And oh, we oh, have oh. a very common <laughs> opponent in that. <laughs> oh. So I just, yeah. So are you, you and waiting, I, same Are page. you waiting for a trade, I'm too? I'm waiting for the trade. Like okay. every five minutes, I'm going, why haven't you done anything yet? So can I ask you really quick? Um, I, I do irrationally and emotionally tweet during Vikings games. <laughs> Can I still do that, like, as we're closing in on the campaign and then once I'm governor? Can I do that, or do I have to... That's a good question. Do you, like, you know, I haven't even asked my team about that. Like, do I have to you know, personally, pull it back? Personally, for me, I don't... I, don't I, can, I can separate the two. So oh. if I see you doing that, it's not going to make me, okay. you know, go one way or the other. Um, I don't know what I will judge harshly. No, you, <laughs> you don't seem Keep like you're that... authentic. You don't seem like you're that type of person. <laughs> so I, I uh, do a kidding. podcast with another... Uh, co-host and he is very like oh you can't put that don't put that on there delete that dude it makes us look like, nah, but that's who i am real. yeah you know so i say if they kick a field goal and miss wide right again and 
please put it out okay. there. please put for, it on for god's sake Blast. just put it out there because i'm thinking the same thing every so. year mm-hmm. every year now uh the season starts and i go you know what i'm not gonna tweet this year <laughs> and then by <laughs> the end of the first quarter i've just I'm already. Yeah. I just can't handle it. That's, that was a lie. They, they drive. <laughs> me, they just. I love them so much. I love them so much that they drive me crazy. It hurts it, yeah. because of the, the the you know the peanuts, right? Because Lucy's always pulling the football away, mm-hmm. and that's. It's just like this will be the year. This will be the time, mm-hmm. and then yeah, it just is never our time. Yeah, but we got baseball. Baseball's coming back, so I know. that's good. Twins. I like that. Uh, I think we need to have you on after the election to talk sports. We, we'll get Anytime. way into sports. That'll be awesome. I Anytime. Think. So, Love it. Great. Corey Heppola, gubernatorial candidate with the Ford Party on the 945 Show. Thank you very much for coming Thank in. Thank you. I this has am, been fun. This has been lovely. Thank you both for the invite. Thanks for having me. And I just want to say to everybody out there, too, I love you all. Blessings. We are here for you. All right. Thanks again for coming in, Corey.